food intolerance testing. Today I'm talking about why I think it is a waste of your time, money, and energy, and what to do instead to give you quicker, faster, better results. Let's go. Welcome to The Good Goddess Show, a weekly podcast for women who are fed up, are feeling bloated, and tired. I'm your host, Kezi Hall, holistic nutritionist and all-around health geek. Let's dive in to the show. Today on the show, I'm talking about food intolerance testing and why, for most people, I think it's a waste of time and money. I'm going to be explaining to you why it is I've only ordered one in the last, I don't know, three years of clinical practice and what I think is going to help you so much more and give you quicker, faster results that is actually essentially free that you can do yourself. So that's what we're going to be looking at today, which is exciting. And I'm talking about this just because people ask me all the time. (laughs) And often clients come to me having done food intolerance tests and having made no progress having done them. which irritates me. As a holistic nutritionist, one of the things that I do is really creating the right strategy for you because with the right strategy and the right mindset and the right support, you will make massive progress. With the wrong strategy, zero support and no training and knowledge, you're not going to get very far, which is how most, which is why most people then come and work with me because they're like, oh yeah, because yeah, I had the wrong strategy. I didn't have any support. And I actually also have no idea what I'm doing, <laughs> which is, you know, makes sense. So that is what we're looking at today, but I hope you're doing well. I'm recording this. And to be honest, I've had a very stressful morning. So this is actually cheering me up. Just, just children children and being in my luteal phase and yeah just sometimes life with like three children making a lot of demands on you is is just a lot um yeah it's just a bit of real life there um otherwise uh, other life updates it was my son's birthday last week so that was very fun and he started nursery this week I mean he's been at nursery since he's like six months old but like school nursery if that makes sense um which is fun and I have to be honest I've just been really full with clients I'm now fully booked with clients pretty much I'm just waiting on a couple of people to pay me to to start working together but I think I'm just booked now I'll maybe have a couple of spaces end of October time and then I'll just be booking for new clients into the new year I think that's roughly how I'm going to be doing it so I still would love to chat to you. If you do want to work with me, do make sure you book in at kezuhall.com forward slash book. We can chat soon and really make a plan. And then I'm just booking people for to start ahead of time. I'm also changed how I do my program slightly. So the goal is that we would have a chat. If you want to work with me, we'd get started. You'd pay a deposit. I would decide what lab tests run. You would do all those lab tests before your program even starts. We'd get the results. And then, you know, in this case, in October, we'd hit the ground running or in the new year, we'd hit the ground running with all the lab tests. And that's when your kind of program would begin. So that's roughly how it's going to work, which is exciting. So yeah, I've just been chatting with clients. I had an old client actually who I've not worked with for like two years, three years, just checking with me, asking me a question about something. And she was a chronic fatigue um, client that I worked with. So we had chronic fatigue syndrome. And, you know, when we started working together, was barely able to work, had already gone down to part-time, um, spent her days off in bed, like just really struggling. We did a lot of work to get her energy back and all of that kind of thing. She started running and all of things. 
stuff. And anyway, I just checked in with her and got a bit of an update. She's still working. She's still got good energy. She's still exercising. She's still feeling good, which is exciting because obviously when you work with me, you're going to feel better by the end of it. But I'm also really interested in the longevity. I really try and create programs that aren't just going to, that are really going to help you feel good in the short term, but also are going to be sustainable for you long term so that you can keep on feeling good. I have no interest in you feeling great for three months when you work with me and then everything going to pot. No, no, no. <laughs> I want you to feel great when you, for three months you work with me. And then as the months and years go on, you continue to feel better and better better. So that's been fun. I've also just been chatting with other clients. I was wrapping up a program with one other client who just came to me totally burnt out, um, low energy, um, insulin resistance going on, some androgenic hormones happening, um, all of that kind of stuff. And she was just saying how much energy she has. And she was, she literally just messaged me this morning being like, so I'm thinking about getting a personal trainer. And, And again, this was someone that was like, you know, doing the school run and then going for a nap for you know at half nine because it was just just done and living off of like a lot of sugar and a relatively whole food diet but just so low energy and now is like I think about going a personal trainer and I'm doing these classes of exercise a week and I'm doing this and I'm like just phenomenal um, and then I had another client again we've not, we actually know we will be finishing She'll be wrapping up in October. So I was just checking in because I kind of do certain milestones with clients where we check in with their progress, make sure everything's going well. And then because obviously sometimes we have to tweak and pivot things. Um, and she came to me mainly about her skin and her energy. And she was telling me, this is obviously the theme for the week. She was telling me that her energy is so much better that she signed up to a triathlon club. <laughs> uh, because and, and again, she came to me, she would work all day and just like be done. No energy to do anything. Like she was trying to, go for a run, trying to do something and absolutely done by the end of her day, done at the weekends. And then now she, her energy is so much better that after work, she actually feels like she can go and do something. I did obviously want her to like not overdo it because that's the problem when people have fatigue is if you've had low energy and then you suddenly start to get energy, you often overspend your energy. I talk about energy a lot, like currency with clients, like money. Um, but it's amazing. And obviously her skin as well is massively improving. The inflammation's going down. She's seeing some real results there. She, yeah, was just feeling really good, which, which again, I I sound surprised, but this is what I would expect as we are, you know, in the last four weeks of working together, that her skin is really healing. The inflammation is going down. Her energy is better. She's got more resiliency. She's feeling really good. She's got better boundaries. She knows what she's eating. All of these kinds of things is just doing great. So that's always really fun. Um, And thank you so much. I want to say last for the last episode I did where I talked a bit about how to make empowered health decisions, specifically talking about the COVID vaccine. I just want to say thank you so much. You have had such lovely responses to that. People have been so kind and respectful and just lovely. It's honestly kind of given me hope. (laughs) Sounds dramatic. It's given me a bit of like, oh, humans are great humanity can be totally beautiful because I know some of you don't agree with me and that's totally fine but I really appreciate the kindness and open-mindedness and 
uh, respect that actually people had for each other in this little community on the internet. So thank you so much for that. Um, I hope that was really helpful. Again, even if you you uh, didn't agree with my personal decision, I really hoped it helped equip you for making your own medical decisions and feeling really empowered and really um, happy and solid about them. So I really do appreciate that. And it did, did make me just feel like, oh, humans are great. <laughs> and I have to say in the last 18 months, I have a lot, I've had a lot of moments where I'm like, humans are not great. <laughs> um, so I do really appreciate that. And it was also quite scary for me to record. I have very strong opinions and very strong beliefs and I'm not very mainstream at all in a lot of what I think, but I don't necessarily like to talk about controversial things. I don't love creating debates. I don't love creating environments where there's lots of judgment. I think that's partly why I'm really good as a holistic nutritionist. I am so aware that this world of health and nutrition is drenched with judgment of black and whiteness, of harshness, of I'm right, you're wrong, do this. Duh. And I just don't think it helps our cells to repair and heal. So I appreciate you all. Right, this is enough waffling from me. Let's um, get on with today's show and talk about why I think food intolerance tests are a waste of time and what you should do instead. Yes. Okay, let's go. So I'm guessing if you listen to this podcast, you probably would like more energy, a flatter belly, you'd like to improve your digestion, deal with those wonky, uncomfortable hormones, maybe support your skin improve your mood and mental health and really start to feel better. I'm guessing. That must be why you're listening to the podcast. Well, if that's the case, then I want to let you know that the top, the stuff I talk about here on the podcast is what I talk to my clients about all the time. As a holistic nutritionist, my job is to help you cr and create a really personalized approach so that you can see results so much quicker. Because chances are you're probably trying, like you're trying to make those dietary changes. You've maybe bought some supplements, you've made a couple of shifts, and maybe you've seen a bit of progress. But if you're feeling really stuck and frustrated and like you've no idea why you're not feeling better, why isn't your belly flat? Why are you bloated? Why are your bowels just embarrassing? Why is your skin a mess? Why is your hormones just all over the place? Why are you so much more anxious than you were? Like, you know, what is really going on? Because chances are you probably are putting more effort into your health than, you know, Mr. Joe Bloggs or, you know, Bob down the street, but you're not feeling the results and maybe you're actually feeling worse. If that's the case, then I would love to work with you. I always have space for some new clients each and every month, and I would love to work with you over my three or four month program where we create a really personalized and bespoke plan. And look, I have worked with thousands of clients. I'm a holistic nutritionist. This is what I'm trained to do. I studied a long time. I've had a lot of clinical hours in this profession, and I know I'm super confident that I could help you. And if not, I could probably refer you on to someone who could. So if you're looking to make change, if you're 
it's just not wanting to just do like 15 quote unquote healthy things, but really learn about your body and know what are the simple and strategic things that you can do to see results, to get more energy, better digestion, better hormones and skin in the next couple of weeks, then I'd love to chat with you on the phone. So if you want to find out more, if you're on the fence, if you want to find out what this program looks like, then go to keziahall.com forward slash book. That's just a book in a Zoom call. These are totally chilled, informal, like zero stress calls where we just talk over Zoom. I'll ask you a couple of questions and I just find out what's going on with your health and we can chat about what tests might be helpful, what your program might look like. And you can get a good idea of if working with me is the right fit for you. It's no like crazy sales technique, just like a nice chilled chat. You can bring a cup of tea if you want. So if you're interested in working with me, I can only take on a limited number of clients at a time, but I do have space right now head to keziahall.com forward slash wait. Also, if finance is an issue, know that I offer four and six month payment plans as well. So this makes it a much more affordable monthly um, kind of rate to work together. Um, so if you are interested, head to keziahall.com forward slash book, book in your call. We'll chat through all your questions, drink a cup of tea and the calls themselves. It's a bit like the podcast apart from, you know, you can answer back. <laughs> which is helpful. I know that booking a call with some random person on the internet can feel a bit weird. So honestly, it's just a wee chat. It'll be great. Um, book your call and we can chat about working together and we could start working with each other within the next couple of weeks. We could run some labs. We could find out what's happening in your body and you could finally feel so clear and so calm and peaceful, really knowing that your health is going to change, that the effort you put in is going to yield a results because that's just happened. What well, that's just what happens when you work with me. Okay. So if you're interested, kezyourhole.com forward slash book and we can speak soon. So let's dive on in to today's show and talk about why I think food intolerance testing is a bit of a waste of time. Yes. The reason I want to talk about this is because a lot of the, t I, I actually get asked about this a lot of like, oh, I've been advertised this test. Uh, should I run a food intolerance test? Or I'll get clients come to me that have paid for a food intolerance test at some point. And from my perspective, I, I want to talk about why this is probably not the most strategic thing for you to do. This isn't necessarily to bash those tests or to say that like totally useless. It's it's a lot to do with context and strategy and what's really happening and that and the person, the individual. But in general, I would say a food intolerance test is always the lowest on my list of lab tests, private lab tests that I want a client to do. And that's what I want to talk about so that as you go through this process, as you're trying to create more energy, a flatter belly, sort out your gut, prevent, you know, all these diseases that we call, you know, these aging diseases that we're all expected to die of, diabetes and cancer and heart disease and strokes and all these mainly preventable things. As you're looking to your future, um, what, how, where do to spend your money, where to spend your time, what to focus on, because it's really easy in the world of health to just get sucked into some really good marketing. And I only share this with you because that's happened to me so many times. 
before I really just went and did some really good training before I went and did my postgraduate for like two years, I kind of got sucked into different fatty diets that weren't necessarily bad or wrong. They just weren't right for me or they were really, or like I was just missing some of the basics. Like I would spend money on certain supplements, but like I hadn't addressed X, Y, and Z, which will are like the foundations of your biology. And I see this all the time with clients. So I really want you to save the energy, your energy and your money and really do and really do what's the most strategic. What's the thing that's going to help you the most? And if you're listening to this podcast, I'm guessing that you're either bloated or tired or both. And um, it would kind of make sense on the surface to be like, Kezia, I've got like IBS or I've got some digestive issues or I'm really tired all the time. Like a food intolerance test seems like a really good idea. Maybe you've had friends that do it. Maybe you've had a nutritional therapist or someone recommend it. Maybe you keep on getting advertised it via the webs and, you know, the certain algorithms have figured you as a health interested person. Honestly, I get advertised some of the weirdest things, but that's also because I Google really weird things for clients, <laughs> I have to say. Anyway, so that's what I want to look at today. Um, and it's good to point out to begin with that in an ideal world, oh, sorry, just getting expressive and dancing away as I record a podcast. Da-da-da. I mean, yeah, anyway, <laughs> it's been a difficult morning. So I'm, uh, as in children, just screaming at me. So I'm, I've had to do all the things to um, stop myself being such a grumpy cow. <laughs> uh, because, you know, that's just that, just, just what happens. <laughs> um, anyway, food intolerances, food intolerance tests. In an ideal world, I would run all the tests. If you came in to my online virtual clinic and you were like, Kezia, I'm tired, I'm bloated, I always get thrush and I think I have PCOS. Let's just go with that example because I see that a lot. I, in an ideal world, I would run stool tests, hormone tests, food intolerance tests, hair mineral tests, organic acids tests. I would probably run a couple of other specific things. Honestly, this because the more data you have, the more articulate you can be, the more accurate you can be, and therefore the quicker you will make progress. So in an ideal world, I would totally run food intolerance tests with everybody, along with probably about six or seven other things. What I'm saying here is that a food intolerance test is probably on my list of priorities or frequency that I order them. It's probably like on 10, number 10 on the list. And I can tell you I have ordered two, no, one kind of food intolerancy test in my practice in the last three years. So that tells you how often I do it. Um, So this isn't necessarily to bash the testing, although there is some really dodgy, weird food intolerance tests out there, but there's also some decent, relatively, yeah, decent tests with good science behind them. You know, it's it's not to poo-poo the actual test. It's more about the strategy, the person, I keep on hitting this chair, I need to move, obviously, um, and what's going on behind the uh, like why run the test what's the most strategic thing for you and when I'm working with clients my focus is always right what is going to give this person the results quickest <laughs> like what's the most efficient thing to do I hate wasting time I'm a very efficiency oriented person and so a food intolerance test just often doesn't give me enough data to help the person make the most progress so that's what I'm going to look about but in an ideal world we would run everything it's just the lowest, one of the lower things on my priority list. But first of all, let's talk about what it is. What is a food intolerance? First of all, food intolerances are when you have a very low grade immune response 
to certain foods. You're not allergic. You're not having an anaphylactic shock. So for example, my husband is allergic to peanuts. If I stuffed salted peanuts in his mouth and didn't do anything, he would probably asphyxiate and die. That's an allergy. That's a heightened, massive immune response to certain particles and proteins and things found in food. With a food intolerance, you are not going to die. You are, you know, if I eat dairy, I'm not going to die. But I might just get these lower grade, like more inflammation in my nose, ears and throat. I might start to get a little bit of inflammation in my skin. I might, if I eat gluten, I notice my energy goes down by about 25% if I do it regularly. Like these are low grade immune responses, meaning you're having, in, you're creating inflammation, but a small amount of inflammation to certain foods that you're eating. And that's essentially really basically what food intolerance is. Uh, and food intolerance testing is where you give us blood sample and you see what your immune response is to certain foods. And most food intolerance testings are really looking for an IgG antibody response to certain foods. So you give your blood sample, they'll expose it to certain like dairy molecules, lactose, um, casein, like these kind of things, and see if you create um, an antibody, an IgG antibody to this food. And then you get the results back saying you have an antibody you get have an antibody response to pork, milk, peppers, corn, uh, barley, you know, and sometimes it depends on the test, but sometimes these different tests can have really, like really random foods and, and that you get test results from that are like, oh, I, <laughs> I didn't eat, I don't, I never eat that food. How am I <laughs> having such a massive response to it? But that can happen quite a lot. Sorry, I'm just putting on my headphones because I can hear the doorbell ring and I can hear children screaming. So I'm just going to put in some earplugs. Um, so that is basically what it is and what it's testing for. There is That's the main one on the market. There's another one on the market that works slightly differently that's called a Viome. That's more to do with your microbiome, your gut microbiome and your bacteria and what kind of foods best serve your gut microbiome. And that that how that works is a totally different approach and science to this IgG antibody testing essentially but that in a way is also a bit of a food intolerance test and I've done that on myself and I've used that once with a client as well and it was quite helpful in terms of food to help feed your microbiome but the science behind that is very different and that's a stool sample not a blood sample so those are the main ones that I would look at different labs that do them like Biolab does it York testing is probably the most popular one there is um, Regenerous Labs um, there's lots of different labs you can work with that have some form of um, food intolerance tests and some are better than others. So that's a little bit about what it is. And the, at the end, you would get sent your results. And for some people, honestly, there can be about 35 different things on there. Um, and that's also one of the reasons why I don't love it, but we'll come on to that in a minute. Like some people can be totally overwhelmed by the response. Um, also there's another food test, sorry, that I've, I've used before myself years ago, which is called Pinner test, not Pinterest, but it sounds like it, Pinner test. Um, that is a similar, it's a blood sample, but it's a slightly different technology, um, that you can also do. And I've done that before myself and I found it a little, to be more helpful and a bit more accurate. So why is this helpful? <laughs> first, like why bother to do it in the first place? Why is this useful? Why can this be helpful to know? Well, this can be useful 
in lots of ways, and some of it depends again on the person, but say again, you're coming to me, you're PCOS, you're bloated, you're tired, and um, I can't remember the other thing we said. But you, there might be certain foods, healthy foods that you're eating regularly that just aren't doing you good. Maybe it's, you know, you've gone gluten-free, but you're eating loads of corn-based stuff. And actually you really don't do great with corn. Maybe you eat a lot of almonds and almond milk and actually you have a bit of a food intolerance to almonds and that's not doing you any good. Maybe, um, you know, you are eating a lot of um, buckwheat because again, you're trying to be gluten-free and again, that food kind of creates a bit of an inflammatory response for you. So obviously it can be helpful from, from that perspective. The pinna test that I did actually only shows like a very small selection of the foods you're, you react to. So it was three foods that came up for me. Now this is probably about four or five years ago that I did this and it was peppers, soy and corn. That those were the only foods that I had a really strong immune response to, which was super helpful. Um, and th- I cut out those foods for a while. I eat them now, but for a long time, I avoided those foods. So it can give you just a little bit more information. And I find them especially helpful when someone's done a lot of work on their gut. And that's why I did it a few years ago. I'd done a lot of my gut protocols. I'd really seen the sh- shift and stuff. I'd shifted my microbiome. I was really working hard and done a lot of work, but there was still some inflammation happening and I couldn't quite figure out where it was coming from. And I wondered if I was having any strong reactions to the healthy food I was eating. Um, and I would say it, it was kind of helpful, kind of not. Like I didn't read, I didn't eat soy already and I didn't eat peppers anyway so it was really only the corn that I, that I would occasionally be like corn flour is often in gluten-free things so to be honest I'm not sure how helpful it was <laughs> I think I probably would have been best spending my money doing another stool test although I think I did do that at the time as well <laughs> because which we'll talk about in a minute so it can be helpful from that perspective also from a motivation perspective sometimes people just need to see it black and white a piece of paper that says your body hates bread stop eating bread your body hates milk stop drinking milk your body hates coffee stop drinking coffee and they maybe already know that but the motivation that actually just seeing that on paper in black and white as lab as a quantitative data can be really helpful from a motivation perspective. And that's probably when it can be really helpful. And I found that with a lot of clients, they've done food intolerance tests before working with me. And it's actually just been the kick up the butt they need to kind of reassess their diet. And from that perspective, it can be great. It can be a great thing to do um, because it's, but it's more about the motivation um, behind it. And why I don't bother is that I think you can actually do a lot of that work without paying the 150, 200 quid to do the test, if that makes sense. You can just ditch gluten and dairy and or whatever food you suspect is irritating to you. Maybe you think eggs aren't great for you. Maybe you think nuts aren't great for you. You don't need a test to do that. You can just ditch them. And if you feel better, there's your answer. Um, but sometimes the psychology and the motivation of that can be tricky with people. So that's where it can be helpful. Why I don't bother, again, is that in an ideal world, we would do it, but I just think if you're gonna spend 100, 200 pounds on something, I'm always gonna prefer you to spend that money on something else because you'll get a better return of your investment. So a lot of what I'm doing with people, people invest in working with me and they invest in lab tests. The whole point of that exchange is that they see a really good return on their investment, that they go, oh my goodness, this was so worthwhile, my time, my headspace and my money because I feel so much better. That's how it works. That's how it works when I invest in things. If I'm I'm about to run a stool test for myself, so I'm about to pay 300 pounds to run a stool test, I'm expect, I'm doing that because I expect the information and the data that I get from that 
test to actually be life-changing because I suspect I have a parasite. Anyway, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> so um, I expect that to be life I expect the return of that investment in that stool test to be, in terms of quality of life and in terms of actually my ability to make money, to be tenfold. And I just don't see strategically how necessarily you're going to get that from a food intolerance test. I don't think you get as big a return if that makes sense. you It's not bad to do. It's not wrong to do even. It's just you really, it, it, there's so many other tests that are going to move the needle for you much faster and quicker. And the reason is because your food intolerance test results are often just telling you that there's a deeper problem. Meaning you get food intolerance test results and it tells you, you there's like 25 foods you shouldn't eat. What that actually tells me as a practitioner and someone who's trained in this and been in clinical settings for a long time is that actually your gut is a mess. That you're not actually intolerant to 25 foods. It tells me that your gut is really struggling. There's a lot of inflammation. The immune system, your secretory IgA is probably low. Your digestion is poor. There's fermentation. There's bacterial overload. That there's inflammation going on in your gut. You, there's not 25 foods that you have an intolerance to. It's that your gut needs work. And that money would have been much better spent in a really good stool test, gut test, that gave you the picture of the landscape and the ecosystem of your gut so that you can fix that. And then once you fix your gut, then maybe run a food intolerance test. And chances are your food intolerances are going to have gone way down because your digestion is working much better. Your immune system is less sensitive. You've calmed down that kind of chronic low-grade immune response by really supporting out your mucosal lining in your gut, by supporting your digestion, by really reducing any fermenting proteins, by really supporting your gut motility and movement. It's just that is often the problem. And then these food intolerance tests are, are like a version of just like, oh, I'll take a probiotic and hopefully that will help. It's like another quick fix, essentially, trying to do. And I think you can get the same results without spending any money if you're just willing to run some of your own experiments in terms of, I'm going to ditch gluten for a month, see how I feel. Do I feel better? Yes. If I feel better, even slightly, then you need to keep on not eating it. Okay, I suspect eggs irritate me. Let's remove eggs for a month. Do I feel less bloated and better? Yes. Okay, then eggs aren't your friend. It's like, it's relatively simple. Um, so that's generally why I don't bother because it doesn't help you get to the root cause it really indicates that there's a deeper issue going on but it doesn't tell you what the deeper issue is it doesn't tell you if you have SIBO it doesn't tell you if you're if you have some your mucosal lining it doesn't tell you if you if you've got poor short chain fatty acids it doesn't tell you if you're low in diversity of species it actually just tells you the end result and the end result is that you have a very heightened response to lots of food which is a bit like well great and the, the answer is not to restrict 25 to 30 foods the answer is to heal and support your gut that is the best thing you can do. And that's the thing that's going to give you the biggest return on your investment. 100%. So really important to think about your health strategically from that way. Think about your health in terms of, is this thing, how much is this thing going to move the needle for me? Because if you listen to this, you probably don't have amazing energy and there's some health stuff going on for you or even if you're just looking from a preventative perspective like me, you know, I don't want to die of Alzheimer's like my grandma did and my other grandma did. I don't want to die of dementia. I don't want to get diabetes. I don't want to get cancer, the ones in my family. So a lot of what I'm doing now is actually active preventative medicine. Well, actually, that's a lie. What I'm doing right now is recovering from giving birth to two twins. <laughs> I've been doing that for a good while because, geez, oh, 
making humans so depleting and disrupting and it just requires a good intentional amount of healing a good 12 to 18 months just putting it out there so actually that's what I'm focusing on right now and then I'll get back to working on my preventative medicine perspective which is making doing as much as as is my power to avoid these main killers that kill us all off like heart disease cancer diabetes uh alzheimer's and dementia these things anyway that's i'll have to do more podcasts on that because preventative medicine also gets me so excited and there's so much great data around it anyway so that's a little bit of why i really think it's important to think about if you're going to spend energy on something really think about is this going to move the needle so for example it might be really worthwhile you spending a good amount of energy of removing gluten from your diet and really focusing on that that being your sole focus because the return on that could be huge and actually giving yourself permission to not really try and force yourself to wake up at 5 a.m in the morning and have an hour routine but like you know doing that actually really picking the thing that's going to give you the biggest return on investment or vice versa you might have already removed gluten from your diet you might already have a really great diet and actually what you really need to focus on is maybe some meditation to calm your nervous system down really thinking about what's going to give you the best ROI and that's what I'm great at that's what I do like this is my job as uh, if you worked with me as your nutritionist holistic nutritionist is I create the program the strategy and I'm looking at what is going to give you the biggest return on your investment and also when you're working with me one-to-one what's going to get you to where you want to be fastest it's that kind of efficiency part of it as well it's also really really important So we've talked about why I don't bother. And also it's worth saying that the first places where I'd begin in terms of before you even do a test is running some experiments with gluten, with eggs, with dairy, definitely ditching refined sugar because that won't be helping anything. Maybe with coffee, especially if you have more diarrhea, Um, even things like nuts and seeds, basically any food that you maybe already feel like, say pasta. Say with pasta, you're like, oh, I definitely feel terrible when I eat pasta. Chances are gluten in general is not doing you great. So that's where you would want to begin first. So um, to give you a bit of an example with this, I had a client come to me who'd done genetic testing and a food intolerance test. And her genetic test said she shouldn't eat dairy, I think. And a food intolerance test had like a ton of stuff that she shouldn't eat. And she'd been diligently not eating these foods. And it was actually, to be honest, stressing her out because it was like 18 foods that she needed to not eat. And she'd diligently been following it. She'd been following some of the nonsense stuff that <laughs> came up in a genetics test. And um, again, uh, testing your genes super helpful but it's not number one on my list um, I'm testing in an ideal world we'd run it all because it'd be so interesting to know what genetic mutations you have but it's not going to be number one on my list um unless you have or you just want to spend loads of money on testing in which case please come and work with me I would love to do that with you um so she came she was she'd been like Kezia yeah, I've been t- for like you know a good couple of months not eating these foods being really careful with it was a bit stressed by it um and doing these recommendations and she wasn't feeling any better the reason she wasn't feeling any better was because she wasn't digesting the food she was eating properly which was creating she wasn't digesting protein very well the protein was fermenting in her upper intestine that was causing a lot of problem there was gut infections there was overgrowth 
overgrowth. There wasn't yeast. She was sure she had yeast and candida overgrowth and she didn't. Because when we did the right testing, we saw what was happening in her gut. She didn't have yeast overgrowth, which a lot of the time doesn't come up with clients. Um, she did like her test, uh, food intolerance test was like, got to avoid pork and all of these kinds of things. And actually when we dealt with the root cause, which was supporting her chemical digestion, her protein digestion, her gut movement and motility, her peristalsis, her stress level so that she could, her body could actually digest properly. That's when she started to feel so much better actually. And she could eat some of these foods that she supposedly wasn't able to eat and what she was intolerant to. And yeah, we did discover some of the key things that she was intolerant to, but that was really like one or two things, not 18. And she just felt loads better because she started to address the root cause, which is so important. So what can you do listening to this and from this? Well, the first thing would be to come and work with me because... This is so personalized. And if you've been around the houses with this, is if, if this is like your first foray into gut health, then great, I've got some tips for you. But if you've been like totally spending lots of money on supplements and random tests that you get advertised and you're trying different things and you're just not getting anywhere, then do come and let, book in a chat with me, kezuhall.com forward slash book. I am fully booked right now, but I will have some space for clients, I think at the end of October and then at the beginning of the new year. And maybe I might be able to shuffle things around and have some more, but at the moment I'm fully booked, but I know I'll be wrapping up with a few clients in the end of October. So I will definitely have one space then. So if you book your call, then we can chat through, see what's going to work. Just It's just easier to chat to be honest, even if you're on the fence, if you're not sure, if you're not whatever, it's just easy to, it's always just easier to have a conversation. I know it can seem scary, but it's, I'm, I'm lovely. I'm lovely to chat to on Zoom. It's just like the podcast, but you can reply. <laughs> so that's the first thing too. If you round the houses with this, get some help, or maybe you don't like my style, you don't like my accent, you find me, I don't know, you don't want to work with me, find someone else to work with who's going to run the right tests and do the right things and get to the root cause with you. If this is your first foray into this and you're like, oh, but I was thinking about doing a food intolerance test. Well, what do you think I should do? Because I am bloated and I am tired and I do have whatever, PCOS, thyroid issues, whatever. My, the first thing you want to do is, is there something you are eating regularly that you already know doesn't make you feel great? Maybe it's pasta, maybe it's bread, maybe it's that massive latte with milk in, maybe it's all that sugary stuff, maybe it's the processings. Is there something you already know, like pasta, the example I gave there? Then run an experiment, just completely remove gluten for 30 days. Honestly, your brain will create more drama about this than actually what's involved. It's like this happened with a client recently. Um, uh, we I asked her just to remove gluten and what I got her to do was just to start one meal at a time. So start with breakfast, remove gluten from breakfast, find a breakfast that you like that doesn't contain gluten. She did that. Great. Next, lunch. Find a lunch, as a lunch that you can have every day that doesn't involve gluten and that you enjoy. Great. She did that. Then we moved on to dinner. You can see where this is going. <laughs> moved on to dinner, made a couple of swaps with her family meals that she made because she cooks for her family and you know, just some decent gluten-free pasta, some gluten-free gnocchi, um, just like a couple of easy swaps into the stuff she already makes for her family. That was some easy, easy stuff. And then, oh, she was like, oh, this is actually much easier than I thought. But she had loads of mindset drama about it and that just didn't need to be there. So, um, or it might be dairy. 
especially dairy is a great one if you have skin issues, any skin issues, or if you have looser stools, diarrhea type things, or a lot of sinus issues, blocked nose, sinuses, ENT, um, drip nose, lots of tonsillitis as a child, lots of sore throats, dairies, that's often indicates with dairy. So run that experiment first and see how you feel. For 50% of people, this might be enough. You might be able to discover your food intolerance yourself and do the work on it and feel so much better. So and then if that would be the first place to start, the next thing would be then actually to probably run, especially if you know it's digestive issues that are your problem, run an in-depth stool test. I run the GI360 with clients, but there's also an in vivo ecologics one that's also really good. There's a couple of good ones out there. You often have to order them through a practitioner. I include that one with as part of my program with my clients so that I can see. So that that's like at least the basic test we have done basically for everybody, which is handy. So there you go. That is why I don't love food intolerances, tests, why I think they might be a waste of your time and money and energy and what to do instead. Because that, I mean, I just want you to feel better as quickly as you can. <laughs> because when you feel better as quickly as you can, actually the world around you changes. You have more energy to love the people you want to love and serve and give and, and create stuff and be the person that you were created to be here in the world. When you're bloated and tired and sick and stressed, you don't shine as bright and the world really needs you to shine bright. That's why That's why I get excited about health. It's not, I don't know, for some to look <laughs> ripped or skinny. Or, like those things are just BS. I'm bothered about health because I really want women and I really want people to shine brightly and live their life full of energy, full of life, creating, loving, giving, sharing. And you can do that when you're well, when you have the energy. Without your energy, without your mental health, without feeling good, you're really going to struggle to do those things. You'll be surviving. And I just don't want you to survive all your life. I want you to thrive. Sounds cheesy, but I've spent a lot of my life surviving and I can tell you it sucks. <laughs> so that's why I do this podcast. So if you like this podcast, do take a screenshot, share it with a friend, email it over to someone, text it, put it on Instagram and tag me. I'd really love more people to get this podcast. If you haven't left a review, then please do um, just do that on iTunes and I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I'm so glad that you are here. And if you're looking for more in-depth, personalized support, then remember, I'm currently taking on new clients so we could get started working together super soon. So head to keziahall.com forward slash book to book in your call with me and we'll just chat it through what it looks like, what it would look like for you and answer all of your questions and you can decide if it's a good fit. So head to keziahall.com forward slash book, book in your call with me and we can chat super soon on Zoom, which would be really fun. It'd be like a podcast, but where you can reply. <laughs> <laughs> which is always fun. So I would love to chat with you. So head to keziahall.com forward slash book and we can just chat it through. This is a really chilled, informal chat. No pressure, no weird, weird sales techniques, just a chat on Zoom and feel free to bring a cup of tea. Okay. I look forward to speaking to you soon. Bye.